welcome to the 10th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So it's been a few weeks since the election, and it looks like Joe Biden is going to win the White House. Uh, with changes in the executive branch, often come lots of changes across regulatory bodies. What do we think is going to happen next at the FCC? given we do have a change in government to a democratic administration? Yeah, so first of all, then there, there will be a lot of moving chairs, right? Right now, we have three Republican FCC commissioners and two Democrats. Typically, the party in the White House can nominate three and the one in the minority, two. But you can't force an FCC commissioner to resign. So... We have currently Commissioner O'Reilly, whose term expired in June 2019, and who was up for renomination, but his renomination was got pulled by the White House. Councillor Symington from the, the Senate was recommended, but he wasn't approved yet. And the, the Senate is right now up in the air. So it will be very interesting if the Republicans in the Senate will basically uphold Symington's nomination by President Trump, or after President Trump has stepped down from his job, change their mind. We don't know. In all likelihood, Symington will get another time and place in, in the Senate, right? Commissioner O'Reilly can serve for one and a half years after his term expired. So he could theoretically serve until the end of 2021. Then we have current Chairman Pai. If Chairman Pai does not resign, which is pretty customary, and I expect him to resign before Inauguration Day, but if he wouldn't resign, he could just sit on it. And then we would have either Commissioner Rosenwurzel or Starks become chairman, but in the minority, and nothing would happen. So there is a lot of moving parts, uh, right? In the transition committee from uh, President-elect Biden is a, you know, a team of folks who served in the White House before, most notably Minion Clyburn, who I would expect to become FCC chairwoman when Chairman Pai resigns, she doesn't have a position that, that right now that rivals that of, of FCC chairman. And I always view uh, FCC commissioner as a stepping stone. And her father, Congressman Jim Clyburn of South Carolina, basically delivered and resurrected President-elect Biden's campaign. So there's not much that President-elect Biden can say no to. If Chief Whip and, and Representative Clyburn says, like, you know, could my daughter go back to the FCC? So those are the things that first have to take place before anything happens. And then we have a three to two Democratic majority. And I think then we will see a lot of things that will be similar to the Obama administration. It will be almost like Obama three. So there are some pretty big hot button issues that have come up recently, right? So anti-competitive practices at big tech, Section 230 regulation, net neutrality, all of these things presumably could end up uh, in front of the FCC. What, what are your thoughts in terms of 
policy direction we're likely to see from a Democratic-controlled FCC. You know, with all the the misconduct of the edge providers, the FCC does not really have jurisdiction over them. That would be the FTC. But what was very telling was the first act that the Democratic House two years ago passed, even though we knew already here about Cambridge Analytica and everything, was to vote to reinstate net neutrality. So in all likelihood, the Democrats, as much as we see mouth frothing about the conduct of Google, Facebook, and and others, will hand them a big victory on net neutrality, because that's basically what they always wanted. They want to make the network dumb and move innovation from the network right at the time where we have 5G networks, where they really become intelligent, want to move all the innovation to the edge where they can control it. So that is very likely that we will see net neutrality coming back. Under a Biden administration, I don't think we will see action on on Section 230. I know that Chairman Pai said that the, the general counsel of the FCC said that he thought that the FCC would have Section 30 authority. I am not a lawyer, but I'm not sure I agree. I would look more to Congress to do something there. What else do we have? We, we will have lifeline reform, you know, and I think we will have a, a renewed bipartisan push to connect average American if they if they want to or not. So an expansion of, of rural broadband access, right? And then as well as, as Lifeline. So Lifeline being that program where the Universal Service Fund funds discounted or government subsidized phone lines for folks that are on government services, things like welfare. Yeah. And I think it would be more than rural broadband because we have a lot of unconnected Americans in inner cities. And I think everybody should have at least the opportunity to access it. There's a lot of research out there. And, you know, right now we estimate that about 18 million households don't have broadband. And there is interesting survey work out there that basically shows one third of these 18 million households can't get it. They would like to have it, they can't get it. Another third says, yeah, I would like to have it, but can't afford it. That's where Lifeline comes in. And the other third is, I don't get it. Why do I need broadband internet? And then it's like, you know, what do you do to people who do say, I don't want it. It's like, what do you do to people who say, I don't like broccoli, right? You have to accept it. And then when it comes to Lifeline, I think we we should see here significant reform. Because right now it is funded through an add-on to telephone bills. Originally, it started out with a landline. And then the U.S. service fun part, if it was only funded through Lifeline, became so big that it almost rivaled the phone bill that the carrier got. Then we broaden it to wireless. Now these things are are seven, eight percent, and they pump up the amount of the bill. 
and consumers say like, oh, my wireless carrier says this is $59 and I get a bill over $70 or $80, what the heck just happened here? So I think there will be a lot of push to move USF to get uh, funded through general funding, means taxes. But that will give Congress a much bigger say over how USF funding will be distributed. Because right now, Congress doesn't have much of a say over it. So there are a lot of moving parts of what's happening, right? So Lifeline started out under uh, President Reagan, right? Started as a wired phone connection, and then it, it grew under G.W. Bush to be inclusive of wireless. And now there's talk uh, actually of, of extending Lifeline to broadband service as well. Is that something you think is likely to happen? I think it's quite likely to happen because there's the realization that you can't have a job without applying online, right? And the pandemic has shown us how important broadband is, and it's one of these things. Now, traditionally, with wireline, you also got a got a wireline phone. With wireless, you also got a wireless phone. Does that mean with broadband, you also get a tablet or a computer? Because one of the problems is with Lifeline is people under, you know, who get government benefits and who don't have a lot of money, they might get broadband. But broadband without a computer or a tablet is not going to do much, right? And, and that problem hasn't been addressed yet. So we also have to fix the, the, the device gap. All right. So we've talked a little bit about personnel at the FCC. We've talked about policy, including net neutrality and lifeline. What else should we keep an eye out for as the Trump administration transitions over to the uh, Biden administration? Well, it, it's quite likely that we're we're now petering out the decision-making things. There's the, the November open meeting with 5.9 gigahertz, which probably will get approved. And then we're basically waiting for the personnel situation at the FCC to be settled, because only then they can actually pass things. And so I would expect that to happen in full force, you know, sometime probably in the second quarter, because Senate usually views agencies as not the most burning issues. So they first have to work through a pandemic and, and all the different difficulties we have in a divided administration between Senate that will be Republican, or might not be Republican, right? There, there are still two Senate seats outstanding, which right now are occupied by, uh, by Republicans. If the Democrats win both seats, it will be 50-50 in the Senate, and Vice President-elect, as the uh, President of the Senate, will cast tiebreakers, and that would mean the Democrats control all three, you know, House, Senate, and White House. So th th there are a lot of still moving parts, which are then impact how this country will get governed for the next four years. We'll get there. All right. Well, I think that's all we have time for. Thanks again, Roger. Thank you. Take care.